Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> hey, JT, what's up? Uh, I hope you brought your appetite today, Jared. Did you bring your appetite? I am hungry for some podcasting. Nice. This this is working, I think. <laughs> are you uh, are you saying you got a little little room, little room for uh for recording? I don't know. I'm out of. I'm out. I, I can't possibly be out of food related puns this early into <laughs> our our feast. Hey, Eddie's back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome to Lo-Fi Top Five. <laughs> You know, it's really embarrassing when dads run out of dad jokes. Yeah, but it happens to the best of us. So if, if you haven't picked up on this yet, uh, this is the food movie episode, one that I, in thinking about, I'm actually very surprised it took us this long to get to. Um, both of us are lovers of, of good food and and movies. Uh, so, Jeremy, in, in trying to rack your Gen X brain, uh, how was coming up with a list for food movies? Well, you know, I think I was sort of starving for material. Oh boy, we're still going. Yeah, yeah, they're all back. I don't know what happened. It's almost like I just I lost dad mode, and I, maybe I just had a reboot. I don't know. That there process was rebooting or something. Got it. Anywho, <laughs> I, I actually am not kidding. I, I found it more challenging than I expected. I I had started to reach this level where I was like. Now, this is an it's in my notes. Well, there's a lot of cooking related stuff in The Godfather, and there's always oranges on screen when someone dies, which little known, actually, not that little known fact. Pretty well known. If you're listening, yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, you did that, and that was your trivia for the day. Um, thank you. We appreciate yeah. your time. But I, I really had, uh, I was at the bottom of the barrel, per se. Got it. The cupboards were. A little bear. Got it. <laughs> yeah. So I did end up with actually 15 movies, including the Fast Five, to get through. And I recognized a few that I really thought I had seen but hadn't along the way. So I've got a light, slightly longer watch list as a result of this exercise. How about you, JT? Do you, uh, did you have a good flavor of things? Yeah, I had a, I had a pretty good I had a, a a pretty satiated palate for this I think. Mm. Um, so what I did realize though is that my my I had the top five was relatively straightforward. Getting to the rest, I had sort of decided not that we had talked about it, but I was like, I'm just not going to do documentaries because I like food documentaries a lot, and there's a fair amount of them, but they're not. I don't know. I just sort of cast those out. Uh, so what I what I found was that there's a couple movies that I think very fondly of that I think would and probably should be in my top five that aren't because I can't actually talk about them at length because I think I've like seen them once and went, love that movie and then never saw it again and it didn't like really land. So that was a little weird. Uh, but for the most part, it is – I kind of left feeling the same way that I think you did, which is like I felt like there'd be a lot of this and there's not. It's referenced a lot. Like there's moments in a lot of films, but as the focal point or as like a real driving motivation of of the film, there's really not as many as I thought there were. I thought there'd be a lot and there just isn't. Yeah, I agree. Uh, there's, in fact, if I were to include the ones that are now my, on my watch list, it's only like four or five more movies that, that I, I really wanted. There were a couple that I saw in looking around. That I was like, yeah, I, I kind of don't care about that. Right. I will say I do have two that are technically documentaries in both cases. I felt that they were the really good kind of documentary where it's a bit yeah. more movie-ish, like free solo-ish in a way, a lot less like fair. two kids with a handy cam. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's totally fair. Uh, all right. So as per usual, uh, I have no idea what's going on. I kind of assume that I get to start this week, but I don't actually know. You do get to start this week. Yay. Good you, for me. You, you get the privilege, the treat, the treat. Yeah. That's the word. Well, so the the uh, the appetizer to our episode always is the Shawshank. Oh. Oh, uh, is it like an amuse-bouche? Uh, yeah, I think you could call it that because we kind of do just pass through it. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
so the Shawshank, uh, Shawshank is the most rewatchable movie of all time, according to both of us from our very first episode. So is there a category defining food movie uh, for me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There is JT. There is one for you. And I wrote it down as my Shawshank as well. Oh, okay. Good, good. So June 22nd, 2007 with a 96, an appropriate 96, by the way. Uh, my five words. So what I did in this particular, my five word game this week is I highlighted the the food from the film. So that's like uh, what it was. So in this one. So, so wait, is it tomatoes, zucchini, squash, peppers, sauce? So those are five words. No, but that would have been a good one. I tried to go a little bit more on the nose so you didn't have to ingredient guess because this isn't like guys grocery games. So I went with confit bialdi, which you've heard me wax about on this a bunch and good soup. (laughs) Well, I'm assuming we both have ratatouille. Of course. As our choice. Yeah. Best food movie, possibly best animated movie, possibly best Pixar movie. Definitely best animated Pixar movie about food. Wow, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. So we agree. All right. So I'm going to start with my first one. So where do I want to start? This is weird. I I feel like there's one we're definitely going to have overlap on, uh, but I'm not going to start there. I'll start with August 8th, 2014. It has a disappointing 55 on Metacritic, but also who cares? Uh, I'll give you... It's a really very, very tough cast. Am Puri and Charlotte Lebon. I don't know who those people are. I'm very curious because I have one from 2014 that I have in my note as definitely a shared pick. So let's hear your five words and we'll we'll see where it goes. The perfect French omelet. Hmm. I don't know if it's the same movie or not. It's it's not. Uh, it's not. You know the other 2014 movie that... We're going to share that one. <laughs> We're going to share that. Because that's definitely in your list, right, Of buddy? course it is. Of course it is. Okay, so this is not that one. This is... The, um, I'm going to take a guess just based on the movie that was in my research and I have not seen. So is this the one with Bradley Cooper? Um, no. I, that's burnt. It's not burnt. burnt. No, no, it's not it's burnt. Not burnt. <laughs> okay, well, then uh, you have stumped me. All right, so uh, Lady Helen Mirren, uh, this is the hundred foot journey. Oh, I, I'm I'm I am new to this movie. Yeah, and so is most of the world, which actually makes me really sad. So here's the quick premise: uh, family from India moves to England, directly across the street from one of the like most noted, like you know, a two star Michelin uh, restaurant run by Helen Mirren, and they are also a restaurant family. They go, their mother passes away. They move to this thing. They start this like really traditional, like, you know, sort of like bizarre themed, crazy Indian restaurant. But the son is like a out of this world chef. Calamity ensues. Lots of stuff I won't get into. The movie is beautiful. Uh, the The way they treat food in the movie is, it's just special. Like it shows what food can mean to different cultures, to different people. It shows how... It brings cultures together in instances where they have reasons to not get along. Food can be the thing that makes them get along. Uh, It's incredibly well acted, which is interesting because genuinely none of these people are famous in the U.S. at least, except Helen Mirren. Uh, And it's just great. I think it's great. It's such a fun movie. I've watched it multiple times. It's super feel good. It's light. It's a good date movie. It's really, really well done. I don't think – it's a little predictable because it like it has – it's, it has multiple rom-com sort of angles going on at the same time, which is weird. Uh, but it's just really delightful. It's just like a really, really sweet, lighthearted movie that is solely focused around food for a good majority of it and what food can mean to you know people and how intense restauranting and restauranting can be. And it's just really sweet and I love it. And I wish more people saw it. I can't believe it got a 55. That's junk. It's better than that. It's not like 80s. It's like high 60s. It's a really, really like lovely little film. I've never heard of it. It sounds interesting. It's great. I like these kinds of stories, the this the the little the little person who could kind of stories. Yep. And I like Helen Helen Mirren. Mirren. 
Mirin. She's well, yeah, which is also a sauce. Mirin. It is. <laughs> it is. Oh, this. You know, if you don't like puns, people, <laughs> today's not your day. <laughs> just. I, 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 and and the worst part is every time I like I really want to say something, I'm like, oh, I'm going to make some analogy here. It's like a crockpot stuff with, and I'm like, what am I talking about? <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll keep it to more strictly traditional food related sayings and puns. Well, thanks for sharing that one. I have not seen it. We'll add it to the list. And given what we think about Metacritic these days, the old fifty five is is pretty watchable. Yeah, very. Yeah. So, do we want to do that shared movie right now? Just kind of get it through? Yeah, let's get it all the way. Okay. So, this will start the reveal of my five-word riff. Uh, it was inspired by one of your prior five-word games. So, JT, you've had quite the impact. This is a bit of a duplicative effort. I like it. So, 2014, and just to make sure we're on the same movie, Dustin Hoffman and Amy Sedaris. Yeah, sure. Okay. And I wrote, person who makes fancy food. Yeah, chef. Chef it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was this top five or just somewhere in the list? Oh, no, this is a top five movie. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. This is something, Carrying, I think I said this two weeks ago, this is possibly, if we were to just have a category called nicest movies, this might be the Shawshank of that. Like, yes, there's some conflict because you need conflict to drive a story along and make, make audiences care, but it's the right level of conflict. Like, it, it, we've talked about how how sometimes movies go too deep and it's like everything's on fire. He's going to fall into the pits of hell before he gets his food truck working and like accidentally gets run over by another steamroller. Like, like you don't need that many negative plot points. You don't need this despicable antagonist for a story to work. Although I will say a William Atherton as an aging FDA guy like handing out like a citation for not having a permit could have been a nice throw in. Like, I think that would have been a nice John Favreau touch to his own movie. Cause yeah. there's no way he doesn't like revere Mr. Atherton. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Or shooter McGavin maybe. Yeah. <laughs> would chef have been better with shooter McGavin? Um, I think you could make the argument. He's operating another food truck. I kind of, you know, now I'm just talking about a whole nother movie about shoot food trucks. Sort of like, can we get like the Happy Madison Productions to do a food truck competition movie? But then like, like bring in like like a Favreau-y style guy to make sure it's not too ridiculous. So it's the it's Slider McGavin's food truck. Clearly, ooh ooh. <laughs> All right, so back to Chef, though. I think Favreau, both as, as a storyteller and as an actor in this one, does a great job. You really feel the relationship with the, with his son. You really feel even like the, the bonds of friendship and how they're represented. I think that might be why it goes into my sort of nice movie category. I think it goes into why we're all liking so much of what Favreau's cooking these days. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. But I, I think he brings this element of sort of an aspirational slice of reality that's not too out of grasp. In other words, we've all had good friendships at, at whatever stages of our lives or, or good relationships with our family or spouses. We've all had some work conflicts and some non-work conflicts. And I think the way they, they tell the story is to like weave into those re, real moments in people's lives but never get so darn heavy. It's like, it's less dramatic than one episode of this is us. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. So that's, that's my quick take on it. I love the cast, by the way. I, I love that, that he just brought in all of his favorite people and, and super A-listers taking super tiny parts, I think is always a great element that, that Hollywood doesn't do enough of. So yeah, I've seen chef. I've seen it a couple times now. I haven't watched this series on Netflix, but I want to hear from you. What did you think of said movie? Yeah, I think you hit most of the points for me. Uh, I have the softest spot in the world for John Leguizamo. I just adore him. And I thought he was absolutely perfect in this movie. Uh, the scene where he cooks for ScarJo is great. Um, he had Roy, Roy Choi as the guy that he, it sort of did all the food stuff with him, who's also the guy that's on his show. Um, and I love Roy. Uh, I, I have to assume they're buddies at this point, right? Yeah, they're like they've become really good friends. Like they're really yeah. good friends. 
Um, you know, Jeremy, I know you know this. A lot of our listeners might not. Like, I have some friends in that food sort of world, um, and they all have just like such a huge amount of respect for for this movie and for Roy and for kind of how he did what he did. And like his story is fascinating and definitely influenced parts of this. Uh, it's just really cool, man. Like it's just such a really beautiful story. The other thing that I love as a food nerd about it is the simplicity of a Cuban sandwich done right. Like there's something hmm. really gorgeous about that sort of thing, right? Which is like, instead of just cause we already talked about burnt and you haven't seen it. Like there's a, the, the idea of doing high-end dining, chasing a third Michelin star, trying to get your first star, like all that stuff, a little tropier and it's like a little easier. Not, I don't want to diminish how hard it is to make a good movie, but like it, it's sort of, it's an easier story to tell to a certain extent. Sure. But highlighting the beauty and the simplicity of a Cuban and like why it is what it is and doing it and executing it so perfectly that it, it elevates it to this other level feels like Favreau. Like that feels right. like his movies. It feels like his writing style. It feels like how he directs. And then obviously he was able to display that. Right. Like, and this movie more than any other one on my list that I can think of, they were so thoughtful about chef movement, right? Like it is a, it's very choreographed. Like if you're ever, if you've ever been in a commercial kitchen sure. and watch these guys work, it is poetry it's i mean the way they move and their hands and their placement and how they hold things and when they move between hands and it's just so cool that so many of these you know men and women it's ingrained in them like they just know it like they just know it i've been lucky enough to see some of my friends who are like really really well respected chefs operate and it's like it's fascinating it's amazing it's amazing to watch them do it and favreau favreau that in this like he really went deep and little stuff like the way he slides you know, things off the knife. It's like, okay, this guy cared desperately about these scenes. And yeah. Roy was probably behind him going, I would never hold it like that. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, like I would never do that. Those little moments make this movie great for me from the food nerd. And then you take it, zoom out and just go, this is so nice. It's just such a fun movie to watch. And there's all these little delicate things at play, like you said, but none of it's like torrential, none of it's horrifying. It's all like real life, small stuff that they have to work through. And then you throw in RDJ and ScarJo and Oliver Platt, who I love, and John Leguizamo's got a great part, and Favreau's perfect. It's like, yeah, this movie's the best. It's like, like this is a great watch, always. Always. Well, yeah. nice. So if that's your, that is also your second pick, I'm going again. Yes, sir. All right, I'm going to go with my second, actually not quite as nice, but, but similarly low conflict selection for the week. 2010. It's the year. It's either I give you absolutely nobody or I give you the two leads and bank that you probably haven't seen this. Okay. I'll just try that. We'll see what happens. Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. All right. I, I love Steve Coogan. I can't f place who was his name? Rob Brydon. He's another British actor. I don't, know. I don't know what this is. Okay. Well, the five words I will give you is uh, definite article, have a voyage. The something? You're halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> have a voyage. The adventure? I mean, you're, in the, you're now in synonym territory, so you're, you're right there. You want one more, one more shot? Uh... The smaller word. The trip. Oh, this is the trip that I didn't see that I really, really, really want to. Okay, go on. That's the one. Yeah, the one okay. Didn't see. So Rob Brydon's the guy from the trip. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a he's like a British character actor. He's had some he's had some bigger roles than that, but I think we would think of him as as sort of a British that guy. Okay. So the trip originally was actually filmed as a series. They then took that series, I think it was 10 or 12 episodes, sort of spliced it all up, made a movie of it. They've then since made three more versions of that same movie. They've done the trip to Italy, to Spain, and to Greece. I have only seen the first two. And this is just a fun watch. It does have some conflict. There's, there's sort of some relationship issues and some career stuff. But basically what you have for, you know, roughly 90 minutes, uh, in fact, I would wager it's probably under 90 minutes. It's it's a pretty pretty quick uh, 
Pretty quick. Trip is the uh, trip. Uh, it's just a snack. <laughs> so <laughs> you've got basically Steve Coogan and Rob Ryden doing awesome celebrity impersonations. Okay. Criticizing each other's celebrity impersonations. Trying to one-up each other. So there is most certainly a Michael Caine off moment. <laughs> okay. That, that alone, I would say, is worth you watching it. Okay. I mean, I think there's a, a lot that if you do impersonations, you have to do Michael Caden. Yeah, Caden, Walken, there's like a McConaughey. Like, you know, there's sort of a few you have to have in the bag. Yeah. So they do them. They do all of those guys, and they have a lot of fun with it. And the whole time, they're basically going from restaurant to restaurant, eating amazing food. And the story is, is sort of, it's sort of like a fictional them. It's a fictional Steve Coogan and a fictional Rob Brydon as actors going on a little road trip together. One of them's, I think, auditioning for a part or practicing a role. So it, it's a simple, it's like that, that part of the story is sort of the red herring. All that really matters is they're off, they're at these restaurants, trying cool food. And, and that's kind of the whole thing. Like if, if that does not sound appealing, watching two middle-aged British actors make Michael Caine impersonations and eat good food and talk as good friends do and have a lot of banter, that's the movie. And I, I watched it with my mom. I watched the second one with my mom. It's sort of one of those things we've enjoyed together. And they're, again, they're just sort of nice. They're not too complicated. And I enjoy. I've heard amazing things about this. I looked up Rob Dryden and I know him, of course. He was also, I think he was in Glenn and Stacy too, which is like a big UK sitcom. Um, yeah, this is, I love Steve Coogan and I don't have a good reason for not seeing this other than it's just one of those things that I'm like, oh, I really want to see that and then never actually pick it. Uh, but it's, I've heard amazing things about it and I am very, very big on British humor. Uh, so it would make sense that I probably would love this thing. So yeah, this is a great pick. I, I obviously didn't make my list because I've never seen it. Well, then you're up. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with my worst pick. Um but I don't care. October like 7th. Worst, worst of yours or worst by like independent scoring al- algorithms? Yeah. Both. <laughs> oh, just some, there's, you got one of those, don't you? Yeah. This is one where like I, there's other movies where I was like, I could probably talk about these, but this one just kept making me laugh. And I'm like, you know what? If it's making me laugh, it belongs on my list. And so here it is. All right, I, I'm going to agree. I'm going to just put a, a, a I'm going to put a JT in my notes right now for what I think you're without even knowing the year. Just okay. I, based on that alone, where I think you're going. We'll okay. See. We'll see. O- October seventh, two thousand five. It has a thirty on Metacritic. Okay. Uh, an incredible cast. I will give you uh, John Francis Daly and Luis Guzman. Interesting. This is this this may or may not be the one I have picked for you. The only definite issue I have is I wrote oh six. It could have been oh five. It could be one of those little goofs again. But let's uh, let's see what your five words are. Okay, underdone steak, the bat. Underdone steak, the bat. Uh huh. Underdone steak, like raw. Raw, it's not raw deal. No. Raw, raw is raw part of the title. Am I on? No, no. no. Uh, um, un, under underdone steak. Yeah. Remember that I'm not doing the thing that you're doing that I did. I'm I'm giving you like a, a key food. Oh right, 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 right. Sorry. Ooh. I don't know what year this movie came out, so I'm just going to say it. I could be wrong, but it's in my, like, this is even below this pick. Is this, uh, <laughs> is this Good Burger? No, that's hilarious, Keenan and Cal. I've never actually seen that movie. Oh, it's, it, it's in, I'll just tell you straight up. It's in the Fast Five. I've only, I've, I've I have seen it. Yeah, yeah I did. All, that's all my commentary. No, that's fair. No, so I'll, let's see if I give you two more cast members. This might bring it home. Justin Long and Ryan Reynolds. In what year? 2005? 2005. It's a movie about food with Most Justin sure. Long, uh-huh. Ryan Reynolds. Who were the other ones you just gave me? John Francis Daly, Luis Guzman, Anna Faris, 
David Cochner. Is this like uh, one of those? Is this like a scary movie? One of those? No. No, this is actually like a, just a legit movie that I'm not. It's the. Uh, man. Um, I got. I don't think I have any other guesses. So what? What are we talking about? This is waiting. What? Waiting? You've never seen waiting? For Godot? No, waiting. Like waiting. It's they're they they work in a restaurant together. You've never even heard of this movie? Nah, I never heard of it. Wow, holy generational gap, Batman. This is like a this is like the introduction to this and uh Van Wilder was the introduction to Ryan Reynolds to my whole world. Is this like a big Gen X movie? Yeah. No, no, not Gen X. Uh, yeah. Like my fringe millennial. Yeah, I think absolutely. I, I, I think so. Maybe I'm wrong. But like for my group huh. of friends, it definitely is. I've never heard of it. You could make up the whole story right now. and be like, okay. Dane Cook is in this movie. It's like a big, yeah, it's a whole thing. Which, which, which Dane Cook is it? This is like in the middle of Vicious Circle, Dane Cook. Like in the height oh. of Dane Cook. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big. So this was, basically the story is... It's just working at a restaurant. It's a bunch of kids who work at a restaurant. And they're they they they're friends. They're not friends. There's love interest. There's not love interest. There's a bunch of... It's like pure slapstick, hilarity, stupid, juvenile humor all the way through. Uh, but it's like really... I, I've seen it. Not like recent, recently. It's dumb. But it's fun. Like it, it's exactly what it's supposed to be. Remember Andy Milanakis? He's in this movie for like two minutes for no reason because he existed on MTV in that moment. Like, there's just a bunch of random people. But, again, if you ever worked in the service industry or retail, like, your first job, it's a hilarious take on a first job. And it okay. just shows you the journey of John Francis Daly. So, the journey of him as a onboarding into the new into the restaurant through the view of all these other characters and who they are in the restaurant. And then how they all basically are like this little family that exists, which... I think most people look back on one of the first jobs they had and had that group, right? Like you, I worked at Best Buy, you worked at a video store or whatever, like wherever you worked, where there was just like this little community that you made that you all like did everything together and had the same shared experience from working somewhere. And I think it's really funny. And it's like, a, it's early Ryan Reynolds and he's good. Like you can see then you're like, oh, he's good. And Justin Long's adorable and, you know, yeah, waiting. I can't believe you never even heard of this movie. I'm like, I'm baffled right now. I, if this movie, again, you could be making the whole thing up and I didn't accept that as a possible. I'm surprised I haven't heard it either. Like I've, I like Ryan Reynolds. I like a lot of the people you mentioned in the cast. I like Anna Ferris, and never must've just been right in that window of things I wasn't hearing much about. I cannot believe you haven't seen this. Like I just, I like, that's not true. Let me, re- let me rewind. I can believe you haven't seen it. I can't believe you haven't heard of it. I just I I hope that our listeners like text or email or do something and tell me if I'm crazy here. But I feel like this is like a seminal sort of movie for anybody who was in high school and college, like in 2005. Yeah, I, I'm feeling it that I feel like I should have heard of it, especially just I tend to hear of movies. I you know just like my 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 net is fairly well cast. Yeah, but this one sneaked on through, and I'm guessing from everything that's been said so far, it's just going to stay in that spot. Whereas now I have awareness of it, and that's about as far as we're going. Yeah, I can't like I can't actually recommend you watch it because like I don't think it would make it, it'd be funny. Like, listen, if you and your buddies were together and had a couple beers and wanted to watch like a dumb movie, you would laugh. Like, you would laugh out loud a couple of times. But you wouldn't be like, that's a movie I have to watch again. You'd be like, we never have to see that again. <laughs> How would you rank it in the Ryan Reynolds comedy pantheon? Oh, it's tough because he has gotten better because mm-hmm. he's, you know, um, it's early days. I think this is a better movie than Van Wilder. Van Wilder is not a particularly good movie either, though. So yeah, never saw it, by the way. Yeah, don't see that one. Uh, but, you know, this is, I mean. Oh, wait. I did see half of Van Helsing and I turned it off. So is that sort of count? Yeah. I mean, they're both terrible. So, you know, whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's good. What I would say is you would appreciate what the thing that you would appreciate watching about it from the Ryan Reynolds standpoint and Justin Long and Anna Faris is you get to see where all of them started because they were babies. 
right? They were all babies in this. And now looking at it, you go, oh, there's glimpses of who you were going to become in this movie. And that's kind of fun. And it's also like, again, it's like a 90 minute who cares watch. So. All right. Yeah. Waiting. I will keep doing that. Three okay. uh, movies to go. Now I'm down. Now all three. I'm guessing you haven't seen any of them. Okay. And they're all interesting, I think, to talk about. We, they're all firsts for, for bleh, firsts for me. Oh, no, one of them has sort of come up before in a very, very different context. So 1996, large, large from sunrise, sundown to sunrise. Large from sunrise to sundown? No. Sundown, I got it wrong the first time. Sundown to sunrise. Okay. Big. Oh, is this Big Night? It is. Okay, so Big Night is in my Pong because I've seen this movie once and I remember liking it and don't remember enough to talk about it. But I know it's great. I just I can't I can't talk about this movie. So I've seen it once. A uh, long time ago, like probably the year it came out, might have been in theaters, but for some reason, I actually remember more of it than I thought I would. And when I was going to do a bit of research, I didn't. What I couldn't have told you is the cast. So, by the way, the the two actors I forgot to mention uh, that I were going to give you was Allison Janney and Minnie Driver. Yeah, huge cast. That would be the example of two actors. I if you told me they were in it, like while research, I was like, oh baby CJ Craig was in big night. Like I had no idea. So other than Campbell Scott, who I remember distinctly, and I think Campbell Scott and Stanley Tucci like doing things together from some of their other work. So I really enjoy big night. It's one of those movies. As I said, I only saw once, but somehow just kind of grabbed some of that mental space, like slightly more than it deserved. I don't know why I haven't seen it more times. It's sort of, probably in that breaking away category of certain type of pacing, certain type of story they're trying to tell a very, very personal, personable story. There's a little bit, you know, the conflict here exists and it's, and it's, it sort of gets a little more attention than it probably should. It's probably my biggest nit on the movie is that they get a little too far on the, is this, you know, is this a, a love affair or is this capitalism, right? Are you running a business or, or creating, special concoctions, right? Like where, where, and that's really the center point and this amazing critics coming to town and all these kind of things. But what makes this story so delightful is all of the relationships that come and go. And it's funny because even while saying it without looking at the, the cast list, I wouldn't be able to tell you who they were just knowing that they were important in the way the story was told. And this came out for me, like 96 of the year I graduated college. So this is placed in that time when I'm seeing movies like Rushmore, Pulp Fiction, Clerks, Swingers, of which it is not like any. It does no place on that list other than timing. And yet it's still a very signature kind of mid-late 90s movie for I think a lot of people who remember that sort of, again, that gentle, it doesn't quite hit my nice vibe because it does have a little bit more of a darker edge to it. And everybody's kind of got some shtick going on. Uh, but it's homage to food is probably one of the first big, I mean, there are some other food movies beforehand, of course, but this is one of those times where I think it's the beginning of that like nineties into two thousands meta food movement. And it's a fun movie. And I love this cast. I love the cast. Uh, yeah. So I, I, this is one of the <laughs> movies that I said, I mentioned this at the, at the top of the show. Like there was a couple movies where I was like, I wish I remembered this because I, I know that I, I know that it probably belongs up here. I just didn't, I couldn't pull enough detail. Like, and I didn't want to have to go rewatch it because I was like, nah, I, yeah, this is a great pick uh, for, I had risotto, potato gnocchi and tempano because I remember those things being part of it, but I can't, I couldn't give you anything other than I love Stanley Tucci. And I do what the only thing I know about this movie is I know he like co-wrote it. But like, right. that's it. And then Shalhoub and it's like, you know, it kind of stops there. I'm like, I think I like this movie a lot. I, I'm pretty sure. 
Right. Um, At this time, by the way, this is also like Tony Shalhoub is literally the taxi driver from Wings. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 That's how I was like introduced to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great pick. Love it. Thanks. Where are you going from here? Um, now I will go with. Uh, let's go September 5th, 2008. 56. Who cares? Um, Dennis Farina and Bill Pullman. Ooh. I have a no I have a no six movie that's tagged with you. I don't know if this is the I don't know all of the cast, but go on. Oh, this is oh wait. Sorry, this is 2008. Oh, 2008. 2008. Yeah. Dennis Farina, love him. Bill Pullman, great. Okay. Uh, five words, grapes, and a cheese pairing? Grapes and a cheese pairing. Well, I know this is not sideways. No, it's not. But it sounds like you're implying wine. I am. A wine movie in 2008. Is there any... I don't, I'm just guessing you haven't seen this. Maybe this is this one. Is this uh, Bottle Shock? Yes. Ah, how about that? There you go. Uh, so have you seen this movie? So this is sort of your big night. This is the, I definitely saw it once. I had read the, so I've read the book this is based on, the Decision in Paris uh, yep. book. And I remember watching the movie and being mostly disappointed because it did a real injustice to the book and the, and the, it's, it's again, one of those, like this, the true story of it was good enough that I felt that the way they brought in like the rom-com element and, yeah, and yeah. you know, Chris Pine was way too handsome. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, but Rickman in this movie is so good. Yes. Yes, I he mean, is. he's so good. So Bottle Shock, if you don't know, it's it's basically it's a interpretation of the true story of Chateau uh, or Chateau Montalena, which is the you know the first of the you know sort of start of the California wine movement. Um, I really now look. I didn't read the book. I I know of the story. My mom, uh, big wine fan, so like I'm you know somewhat familiar with just wine in general. Uh, but specifically, I watched this movie with. It was what this was one of those. I remember how I watched it. This was a oh, Alan Rickman's in this movie. Let's watch it. No context, didn't really walk in expecting anything, didn't have any like real understanding of the history of it. Have this movie was good enough that it made me go read the real history, right? Which I, I think is a testament to the movie being pretty good for sure. Um, yeah, I didn't know like the you know, all the rom com stuff to me was kind of like, yeah, they had to sell the movie. I get it. Uh, but I do think that unlike Sideways, I like, and everybody loves Sideways, and Thomas Hayden Church was amazing. Apology Monzo sure. is great, but um, it was more about broken people and snobbery than it was about wine. Whereas this one, I thought, was really more about the wine and about the process and about this really cool moment in history that turned over the you know made the French pay attention to America for a thing that they really really didn't want. <laughs> to america for right. uh which is kind of neat like that's kind of a neat story and i thought it was well acted and basically alan rickman can do no wrong um and i thought it was cool that they had like you know there's all these little scenes where the real guys are in the movie like you find out after that like it's like the actual winemaker from 73 and the actual guy that owned it and all these guys have these cameos like it's cute i just think it's a really fun movie and like you like we said at the top like there's a lot of there's just a not a lot of depth here and I've seen this movie exactly one and a half times. And both times I was like, I really like it. And a lot of it stands out. But what stands out to me is, isn't the rom-com stuff. It isn't that weird side plot with the bow kid or whatever. I don't remember his name. There's some weird other side plot about this hippie dippy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. care about that. But the Rickman scenes and the back and forth and the tension, all that stuff absolutely stayed with me. And the whole Chris Pine fighting to do it when nobody else, when his dad didn't want to, all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, I really like this flick. It's a good flick. Yeah, oh, I remember, uh, by the way, agreed. I thought it was a lot, it's a more fun watch than Sideways. Sideways is like a better film. <laughs> yeah, it's depressing, but it, it it's a really, really well done film. Exactly. Bottle, Bottle Shock is a fun movie about food and wine. Good movie about wine. Yep. Yeah, 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 agreed. And I think it was actually the first time I saw Chris Pine, if, not, if memory serves. 
I don't know for sure when Chris Pine exists from. Like, I don't know what his first thing was, but he was a baby in this. Yeah. He was definitely a baby. So it's got to be towards the beginning of his Chris Pinedom. It's before he was even technically one of the four Chris's. He wasn't even, yeah, they were, he, was, he wasn't even a Chris yet. He was barely a Chris. I would love the Four Chris's as a movie that's sort of a self-referential. It's do it like this is the end style from, yeah. uh, from yeah. with all of those. Just just something about the Four Chris's. You could, or that would be an interesting like um, Netflix series, maybe a six episode of the four of them are living in a house and they're getting calls from casting directors and comparing notes who's going to which thing because they all probably go to the same ones or get confused with each other. For sure. They absolutely, they absolutely do that. <laughs> I'd watch that. All right, JT, you want me to go back to the 80s or the 70s for the next? I'll let you pick the order. 80s. 80s first. Okay. This is my... Yeah? Can I guess what movie this is before you say a single word? You could, but I would have opened by saying this is probably my least guessable movie I've ever put on a list. Oh, no. So now now I don't want to. (laughs) No, the one you're thinking of is in my Pong category. I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about. If you were going to guess that quickly for me in the 80s, I think I know it. 2083? I don't even know. Oh, okay. Just flag that as a problem. You were probably right, and it's probably my Pong. Okay. This one's from 1985. And if the moment I name an actor, you say, oh, no, that's the right movie, you tell me. Okay. But it's... Not possible. I don't think it is. Not even close. Ken Watanabe, who you actually have heard of. Love him. Not in this. Uh, Koji Yakusho. Eight. I have no idea where this is. I mean, I kind of have an idea of where this is going, but not, not really. Japanese for common yellow flower. Uh, Everybody, the look JT just gave me was such a priceless, like... Dude, are you really giving me that as a clue kind of look? Like whatever you could picture. If your friend had just said to you, hey, man, what's Japanese for common yellow flower? And you were to give them that look that like, really? But you're not going to say really. That's what I'm dealing with right here, people. I mean, that's definitely what I was thinking. Yeah, I have no idea. Did you pull up Google Translate while I was doing that? No, I didn't. I'm going through my list of all the movies that I had thought of, seeing if there's something that maybe I forgot. The common yellow flower would be a dandelion. Okay. And the Japanese translation for dandelion, again, as I learned while preparing these notes, is Tampopo. Okay. Which is a movie from 1985. Have you heard of it? No. Okay. So, I love this movie. I think I've seen it four, maybe five times. And it's one of those movies that, like, you're not going to rewatch it a ton. It's it's only, you know, but but every few years it's fun to put on. It's, it's, it's R-rated, by the way. It's got a couple of inappropriate moments. Basically, the, the subtext is it's the, it's the first um, noodle Eastern. So, you know, you've had spaghetti Westerns. This sure. is a noodle. This is a noodle Eastern, and it's more of a series of vignettes. So it's it, it's uh, like remember I tried to talk to you about Amazon Women on the Moon many many moons ago. I sure do. So Tampopo is one main storyline with I don't know a half dozen sort of side vignettes. So like I can't remember all of them, but for example, if there was someone being served ramen in a restaurant and someone a janitor like sweeping the floor, you would go off and see the janitor's whole little side story for like maybe four, six, eight minutes. And then he'd walk maybe back into the room and you'd go back to the main story. And you sort of keep doing that. But their stories are very unconnected. So maybe the chef is in the Japanese subway going to work and you focus in on someone else in the subway for a moment. Okay. But the central theme is ramen. And there's this wonderful whole bit on the proper making of ramen, the proper serving of ramen, and even more lovingly done, the proper eating of ramen. And there's this whole bit, and I won't ruin it because I can't do it obviously as well as they do in the movie where you're supposed to like look at the bowl and stare at the broth and think about it. It's like one of those, it'd it'd be like a mindfulness exercise. It's like, where did the broth come from? What is this? You know, it's like 
And that's what they're actually telling you to do in the movie. And it's someone giving, I can't remember, I think it's the main character giving a lesson to the, to the sub-chef. And it has a lot to do with the combo. So ramen plays an interesting place in Japanese culture. It is both like an haute cuisine and a commoner's food at the same time. Yeah. So in the States, you go out for a night drinking, you might end up at White Castle. In, in Japan, you go out for a night drinking, you're probably ending up at a ramen shop. Yep. Uh, I know, I, I think I was the first one to introduce you to Ipudo back in the day. Ibudo, I obviously comes from Tokyo. I had been to the first one. I used to get taken there. Thanks, Woody, uh, for many of my trips to Japan. This movie brings all of that culture in this very bizarre way. I think there's a scene where someone like, I don't know if they eat a goldfish or whatever, but there's like, there's some weird, this is a weird movie. Sorry if I didn't say that very clearly. This is bonkers. Like, there's, there's a story about them eating ramen, and then there will be an actual gunfight at a ramen <laughs> shop or something like that. Like, okay. Don't go into this with any form of expectations. And then there are things with, like, lots of, like, sexual innuendo and, and, and intonations and things like that. So, you know, I would say, like, grab, grab a bottle of Sapporo or something and then sit back and watch. It is bizarre, bonkers, crazy funny, crazy weird Makes no sense, but an absolute love affair with ramen. And if you like ramen, I would say go see Tampopo. Well, you, you know I do. Uh, so yeah, okay, I'll put this on the list. I've never heard of it. I think it's kind of ringing a bell-ish, just because that word is not a word that I would hear in any other context. So the fact that it sounds somewhat familiar might mean that maybe I've heard of it. I don't know, but I'll, I mean, I'll I'll watch it. I like bizarre and ramen, so I'm in. I'm pretty sure I still have it on DVD. Okay. All right. And it, it wasn't even like a buck 99 at a Walmart or something. It was like a legit DVD purchase. Good for you. All right. So in this instance, I have definitely saved the best for last, personally at least. So September 26th, 1997, uh, a 68 on Metacritic, which is too low. Uh, this cast is so good. Uh, I'll give you Carl Wright and Vanessa Williams. You got my number today, buddy. I don't, Vanessa Williams, like she only did like three or four movies, right? What? No, no, more than that. The 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 model who became an actress, right? Yeah, she did more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. Go on. Uh, so for food, let's go: chicken, collards, yams, mac and cheese. What year? 1997. I mean, I'm making some assumptions by some of the food you just named, but I know this also isn't, I know it's not Friday. Nope. And, but I'm guessing it's some, something in that genre. Yep. It's not a uh, kid and play. Nope. It's not. What is this? Is Danny Ayeo in it? He is not. Hmm. All right. What is it? So it, it quite literally introduced the term to a lot of people. Uh, this movie is soul food. Oh, I never saw it. So Vivica Fox, Bakai Pfeiffer, Nia Long. Uh, this movie was a big, big deal to a lot of people in my neighborhood and myself included. I love this movie. I've seen this movie so many times. Um, it is a movie that is more specifically about family than it is about food. Um, but food plays such a huge role in the film because Mama Joe, like it's all about Sunday dinners. It's everybody comes over and this is, this is where we congregate and this is where we eat. And uh, it's just like a really power. It's a really powerful movie, like genuinely. It's also beautifully done. Um, and then it really, I mean, the food is a big part of it. Like people, you know, going through conflict and in the kitchen having to cook together. And then everybody's sitting around the dining room table. Like there's all these really, really powerful moments. Uh, and it's a movie that I just absolutely loved and I watched so many times. And I also feel like it was a really important bridge the gap movie um, for a lot of people who didn't really know how like black culture worked. <laughs> like, like I think a lot of people learn stuff from this movie, which I think is really dope. Uh, because it's universal and it, it, it's not different, right? It's it's not any different than what you would expect it to be, except the food might be different because it comes from a different place because they had to cook different ways and all this stuff. I just thought it was really beautiful and it's a really, really, it's a really 
well done film, genuinely. Like it's a very well done film. It's incredibly well acted. Uh, and the sentimentality behind everything in this movie is so, so strong. It really is about family, but family to me is food, right? Like it's very, it's a, it's a family thing. Like for my family, I think about like Grandpa Jack and like, you know, making venues with him and his Sunday, his Sunday gravy. And, you know, my dad making pasta, like that's, it's a big part of all the things that I think about. So this movie, I think really beautifully encapsulates that. Um, and it did so in a universally understandable way, even though it was, you know, a quote unquote black movie, which I think is great. Like, I wish there was more of that. And I think we're better at it now, but like mid nineties, it, it wasn't right. Like it was still, it was still a thing that wasn't oh, like, we just didn't see it. It was like, there was a weird right. divide where it's like, oh, this is a black movie. Which yep. sucked. <laughs> that's but that's the, the that's the nineties for you. In fact, yep. Well, I can't think of a more non nineties movie than the following. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Let's go back to nineteen seventy one. Okay. Do you have any movies from nineteen seventy one anywhere on your notes here, buddy? Absolutely not. This is my. You know, I, I love. You know, which are my favorite picks to make, JT? What 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 are my favorite ones to find? Do you know? Just as a general thing for our podcast. Ones that I'll never have ever heard of. No, no. That's my second favorite. Okay. <laughs> well, specifically the ones you haven't heard of that I think you'll like. Right. No, my real favorites, JT, are the uh, the ones that you wish you had had because you oh, do yeah. know the movies. Sure. This one, I think, is on that list. Okay. What year is it? 1971. Okay. 1971. Go on. The cast is mostly non-helpful, though some might recognize the very first name I'll give, which is Peter Ostrom. I know Peter Ostrom. And Jack Albertson. No idea who that is. And the five words I will give you, Coco Professional at his workplace. Coco Professional. Oh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's right. Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. Sorry, Willy Wonka. Yeah, clever. That's a good one. I don't have this anywhere. Yeah. And you like it. It's good. I do like it. Yeah, it wouldn't have been top five, but it absolutely would have been somewhere in Pong. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, I don't know where this came in my head. I was like, really, like, I, I tried to think of like, all right, movies about cakes. No, movie about fruit. And I was like, actually trying to picture. It's how I ended up with a bunch of other like weirdish picks. Like I wanted to put in movies like Better Off Dead because there's so much of it that takes place in a burger shop. Yeah. But at the same time, it is in no way a movie about food. Right. And then something got to me about like desserts and then chocolate. I was like, oh, Willy Wonka, that whole movie is about food. Whole movie. So Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, it's a, it's a really smart pick. And it's one that I don't have a particular good reason for not having. Uh, and uh, you did it. Good job. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> This is a fun movie. I think we've talked about it a few times, but but always sort of light touch. I think we're we've talked about it mostly in the terrible, terrible parenting roles. That's right. Yeah. I think it's where it's come up. But as a movie about food, I mean, what a love affair for candy. What like this movie in a way is an ad for candy since they went off and built a brand around it after after it came out. But it's so nicely done. It's I I've overused the word nice here today. Right, but Gene Wilder's performance is wonderful. Oh, he's so, so I don't know, vivacious might be the word I'd pick, and so brings so much to the, to, the, to the edge of the movie. Again, we've got the awful grandpa who's sort of totally mooching off his grandson, but we're not going to go there. Instead, we're going to talk about the wonderfulness of the songs, and like think about the pervasiveness of the "I Got a Golden Ticket." Like every like every chance to do the golden ticket shtick, someone does the golden ticket shtick. Right, it's Absolutely. been reused. Yeah. Like every company thinks of it as a strategy. Well, what if we do a golden ticket in the thing? And it all comes down to this movie and how much it, it definitely impacts people. This is this should have been like sort of a nothing cute kids sort of comedy with some serious moral implications and consequences kind of movie. But I think it's one of those movies that really grabs hold of people and, and roots in there and just sort of takes a special place in people's hearts. I don't know if it's the big David versus Goliath thing. It all works out in the end thing. Candy. I don't know, but I like it. Uh, can I tell you my favorite thing about this movie? Please. It oddly holds up. And I have a theory as to why, 
which is the whole thing basically happens inside the factory. And the factory is so fantastical that even like the TV thing kind of doesn't matter because the Mm. whole thing is so outlandish that you don't wind up in a weird spot where the world is so far behind because the whole thing is wild. So it's just sort of like it's purely imagination at play regardless. So it winds up making absolutely no difference. So you can still watch this today and go, yeah, it's an old movie, obviously just visually, but it doesn't like it doesn't take you out of the experience at all because who cares? It's like, yeah, this is obviously a land of pretend. <laughs> right. Right. I think I think that's well said. I also <clears throat> on the holds up notion, can we agree that the um, acid trip canoe ride through <coughs> sorry, I got horse there for a sec, through the bowels of the factory is maybe the only part that doesn't quite hold up. It's a little weird, right? Well, that's here's so here's my argument. I actually think it so it definitely is weird. Like there's no way around that. And it clearly is of a time. <laughs> like that was a thing that at the time made sense. But the whole thing is so fantastical and weird that I actually don't think it's that unusual. It's I mean, everything else is so freaking weird anyway that I think it's like, yeah, this is also strange. And it just is like, all right, well, this is I mean, that's the most strange part for sure. But I don't think it's any less strange than Oompa Loompas. If you really zoom out. <laughs> I don't know if it's less strange, but it's definitely more nightmare inducing. There's, oh, there's, yeah. Yeah, this is in that, like, this is up there with, like, Bilbo becoming a, a goblin for that half a second in, in Lord of the Rings. This is, like, not quite jump scare, but definitely the thing that you, the middle of the night every now and then you're like, I don't want to go on that boat ride. Yeah. No, it, no, mister. Please don't make me. <laughs> yeah, it's for sure a, I'd rather not. Like, that whole part is like a, I'd rather not. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so should we pitter-patter our way into Pong? Let's get into Pong. All right, so I'm going to go straight in. Uh, I think you're going to fight me on this one, but it made me laugh, and I want to say it before you do, just in case. Uh, July 1989, what she's having. When Harry met Sally. It's such an important moment in the movie, and it's Mm. so iconic, that even though food has absolutely nothing to do with the film, I think that scene transcends it into fooddom. Interesting. Mm. 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 I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, don't either, but it's funny. I yeah. don't know. It's a fun, it's a funny pick. Uh, I will do my two documentary style movies to get them out of the way before I go for my last three for Pong. So the first one in 2004, uh, then I, I have extra large version, version of myself. So this is Super Size Me and I never saw it. Oh, it's quite good. Morgan Spurlock did a great job. I love Morgan Spurlock. I've seen a lot of other stuff that he's done. I just never actually saw this one. I, I would say you probably don't really need to. Like, he eats McDonald's and doesn't feel so good, you know. Yeah. Spoilers. That was the reason I didn't watch it. And I was like, oh, so this guy who I like, but this guy's going to eat McDonald's for 30 days. He's going to feel horrible. I know how this ends. Like, I don't yeah. need to watch it for an hour. All right. My next one will do... This is real, a real one. 2009, um, bruschetta beef bourguignon. Oh, what is that? I know that. You saying it that way? It's just some butter, more butter, more butter. Okay, I don't know this now. I'm now from your voice right there. I'm guessing this is on my five movies I couldn't believe I hadn't seen in the food space. Is this Julia and Julia? Yeah, so this is Julia and Julia. So this movie was a hard contender for my top five because I actually think it's very sweet. I think it's a very unique take, and I think the way that they approached it was very clever. Uh, it's It's got a couple glaring ugh stuff for me that just made me go, yeah, forget it. But it's very, very good, and I'd highly recommend like, You should see this. You should watch it. So I had in my notes wa- try to watch this before today uh, because I had a hunch it would. It's good. I knew it, I, I was pretty sure it'd be in yours, and I thought it would actually probably make mine too. All right, 2011. Person's REM time is fishy. 2011, something sleep. No sleep till Brooklyn. No sleep till. Oh, is fishy. Oh, this is uh, Jiro dreams of sushi. It is. This is beautiful. This is absolutely beautiful. Oh my God, yeah. 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 So I've never been there. This was in that time frame, though, when I was going to Japan a decent amount. 
I got to say, I've had the, I've had some phenomenal sushi, including at the Tsukiji fish market, like that 530 in the morning thing that people do there. Yeah. I don't know that I could pull myself. I don't think there's a version of me. I mean, maybe after the lottery, but I don't think there's a version of me that even, even with financial prowess would still go for a three inch dollar, 20 minute plate of sushi. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, this movie, this was the reason I didn't put documentaries in because it's so gorgeous. It is. This movie's breathtaking. Everything about yep. it is breathtaking. That level of passion is, it's unparalleled. Like it's just, it's a wild thing. Um, I would pay that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. All right. You're up next. Uh, all right. Let's do, uh, this is a fun one. 2009 burgers, ice cream from space. Burgers, ice cream from space? I have no idea what this is. So not surprisingly, I'm leaning into uh, animation. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. You know, I never saw that one. Oh, it's cute. Bill Hader. I love Bill Hader. Yeah, same. Uh, is there the whole thing that the food might be coming from outer space? Is that part of the shtick? No, the thing is, is he creates a weather machine and food falls from space. And so oh, I couldn't okay. say meatballs because that would have given it away. So I was like, all right, so other things that fell and from the sky, maybe we'll give you the cloudy part. Checks out. <laughs> 2000. Okay. French word for popular sweet. Chocolat. Yeah. Never saw it. It's cute. Carrie and Moss. Yep. Nice cast. Um, what's his name? The, the pirate guy? The Johnny Depp. That's the one. Yep. It's it's a fun movie. The soundtrack's brilliant. It's actually a really nice music. What? So I have the soundtrack. Do you? <laughs> yeah. It's good. Never seen the movie, though. It's good. It might be... No, it's worth seeing. I don't know if it holds up. My guess is it's... My guess is that 20 years later, the pacing is very off, and they're Probably. slow where they shouldn't be, and things like that, but... It was cute at the time. Okay. Uh, let's go 1983. Hops, wheat, barley, snipes. Abnormal results of fermenting grains. Yeah, strange brew. So good. Is this the one you were going to peg for me on the 80s before? No, there's one other one that I thought you would have that you still don't. Really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. No, I. so I also have this in Pong, so I'm just going to share it and be like, I was going to do this whole thing about beer as food, and so therefore we got a beer movie because I didn't know that you would have had a wine movie before now. So I was really ready for that. Okay. But you ruined it for me, JT. I'm sorry. That's all right. What's next? All right. This is my last one for Pong. Uh, 2016, packed meat, donuts, buns. Stuffed ground meat, festive occasion. Yeah, sausage party. <laughs> sausage party. So I've seen this exactly once. Same. Definitely had a couple many beers. Didn't, but could see why. Don't think I should see it again because I remember laughing really hard. Yep. And also, like, I don't know that this is actually this funny, but this was just enough beers. to. That was the thing. I was beer-induced and wanted to watch something that I thought would make me laugh. And there it was. And it did its job. Like, I was in tears laughing for half this movie. Great success. Yeah, but it's not actually good, is it, right? It's not bad. I mean, it is it is what it is. It's funny. I mean, it made me laugh a lot. Like, it definitely made me laugh a lot, but it's definitely not a thing. Uh, the I can't think of the right word for this, but, like, it, it wears itself out. Once, like, once, the, once you've seen it, like, all the shtick is gone. Like, it's yeah. done. Right. All right, so let's get into, do you have Fast Five? I think I've got a, a couple that were sort of, like, jokey that I wasn't going to actually do, but... I'll just name, I'll run through my list really fast and you can do the same because we've already talked about half of these. So my five were Sideways, yep. Beer beer Fest, which I thought you would have had. That was my... Totally. Just forgot. That was the one I tagged for you. Uh, Hunger Games. Funny. Would that count? No, absolutely. They have to actually forage for food. Like getting... Yeah. E eating is a big part of not dying. So yeah. <laughs> Bottle Shock. And I did actually have Good Burger here. Though I can't say I really actually liked it that much. I just wanted to say it because 
it will never otherwise get talked about on our podcast. That is that is absolutely true. So I had Big Night, which you already said, No Reservations, which we didn't talk about, but that's like a genuinely good food movie. Uh, Nutty Professor was a little bit of a, a stretch, mm, but a lot of that okay. has to do with eating and food and stuff. And there's the big scene, Spanglish, uh, which is a movie. I that saw I, that. I love Spanglish. There's like two or three beautiful food moments in that movie because he's a chef. Like that's his whole right, thing. Right, right. Uh, Over the Hedge, which is another. Which <laughs> Seen is, it? It's great. Over the Hedge is actually really cute. And then the one that I am like, so I've never seen this, but I thought you'd have it because I know it's a big movie when people talk about food movies. Um, but Babette's Feast. So I have this in my, I can't believe these, while doing research, the list of movies that I haven't seen. Babette's Feast, Diner. Never seen Diner. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Like Water for Chocolate. Never saw it. Uh, mostly Martha. I thought maybe I had seen that. I went and read the synopsis and I was like, this has not convinced me if I have seen this or not. So, which, which probably means no. <laughs> well, it was one of those, like the synopsis, so you're like, oh, okay. I think I know what this whole movie is just from this one paragraph. Right. And, uh, and eat, drink, main woman. So those were all the ones I've never seen. And I was like, oh, that's sort of criminal. If I'm going to like, those are some of the, those are, those could have all actually been the top five. Well, that was the thing is like, I, I didn't cross check until we just started, like before we started, except that Babette's Feast is one of those things that I know people talk about a lot. Right. And I just have never seen it. And I do, again, no good reason. I just haven't. Nope. And so I was like, Jeremy's seen all the movies you're supposed to see. So I just assumed that you had seen this. Nope. All right. Nope. All right. So uh, this was not as easy as I thought it was going to be, but I'm very happy with where it landed. And uh, I'm glad we shared Chef, and I'm glad that we didn't share other stuff. I'm actually I'm, – listen, the, the one thing I'm going to tell you the, the most, please go see 100 Foot Journey. Like, go watch that with your wife. It's such a, such a cute movie. It really is. I will check it out. And on your end, go check out Tampopo. Popo. I will. Yeah. I totally will. It's weird. And, and it's, a, it's, like a, it's like a date night with an asterisk. Like, it's not a rom-com, but there's definitely some, some cuteness to it. Although I think, again, you know what? I don't know that I'm going to vouch for when you should see this movie. I'm just going to remove just, you should see it maybe with or with someone else. And maybe even just say like, I don't know if we're supposed to like this or not, but it's going to be fun. Listen, my wife can sleep through anything. It doesn't matter. There you go. There you go. Uh, All right. So next week, my turn to pick a category. Yeah. It is your turn. Okay, good. I'm I'm hungry for this choice, JT. I'm sure you are. Well, let me let me see if I can't deliver you something meaningful. Um, we haven't done people in a while. And right. so I think we should do a people one. Okay. And so uh, speaking of the appetizers earlier or the very first course, uh, let's do top five debut movies by a director. Ooh. This choice, I find it satiating. Well, uh Cheers to that. Cheers to the freaking weekend. I'll drink to that. Yeah, yeah.